This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. This is our last night, technically, in new creation, living. Um, And I want to really encourage you, everything that has been taught by the younger pastors through this whole module, um, it's not ending tonight. It's, um, as the four of us have been talking about, you know, what God's doing in us personally and then what God's doing in so, um, it's an expansion. You know, I think some of the traps in Christianity, uh, is, especially in a teaching church, can be that the doctrines, the beauty of the doctrines, for example, the new birth, uh, being born again, being born of God, new creation, that you can learn that truth and then, um, okay, let's move on to the next truth. Instead of each truth actually is an entrance to the deeper understanding, insights, and revelation of the full life. You know, nothing is not connected. And I think that some of the lessons even that God is doing in the body of Christ right now is that we not take pride in what we already know, but that we always be teachable, always open for him to either adjust or expand the insights we currently have. Does that make sense to you? So I'm kind of doing the, and I say this tongue-in-cheek, the finale for new creation which is actually an entrance point where Nate will come in next week and do the intro for righteousness. Make sure as as you come each week and as throughout the week, then you're looking at things with God because he takes all aspects. It's not just what he's teaching us and so, but he touches other parts of our life and other places where we're learning from God. He touches with what's happening here at So because there there is an intention in this school of word and worship. Um, I've always said I like that name because anywhere you have the word, you're going to have worship. If you actually have the real word of God, the uncompromised living word of God, it's going to provoke the human heart to worship. Now, worship isn't just the music, but it's also the music because there's a melody in every human heart. I mean, just look at children. They hop and skip around there all the time, singing. They'll, they'll take just everyday language, you know, Mom calls them to the dinner day, I'm coming, and they it's like sing-song. Like kids just, they let their whole lives express the joy, the happiness, sometimes even the sadness. So I want to encourage you as, as we do this particular, these modules in this year, allow each one to like rest in you with the whole capacity to billow. Sometimes in me, when things billow, I can almost feel like inside of me there's confusion or chaos because it's blowing my thinking around. Sometimes it's blowing out some thoughts. Sometimes it's blowing some thoughts into order. Anybody else ever feel like that? Like I think sometimes when we think we have chaotic thinking, sometimes we think it's garbage and it's like, oh, get behind me, Satan, when in actual fact it's God. Adjusting our thinking, adjusting our perspectives and our perceptions. And so um, I want to share some things tonight. Um, and the first place I want to go is in Philippians. And um, this wasn't when I was preparing for tonight. This didn't come up until this afternoon. I was in my office. And um, no, that's not it. It was actually in worship prayer. I just literally like this scripture, this passage came up in me. So um, I want to I want to read starting at Philippians four four. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now listen to verse six. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. The peace of God that, I mean, I like to understand. Anybody else in here like to understand? I like to have the ducks in a row and understand. But peace transcends that which is really encouraging to me because in the learning process when I'm wanting to understand and I'm thinking, what is going on inside? And he says, well, i got peace for you. And that peace will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now I want to go back to the word be anxious for nothing because that word is a really very cool Greek word, okay? Um, It's Merimneo, and this is what it means, division of mind. Anxiety is a division of mind. It's it's a division inside ourselves in our most sacred place. And the the thing is, sometimes we'll think, well, again, we'll think, um, Get behind me, Satan, or I'm not going to take these thoughts. The devil's trying to mess with my thinking. Sometimes God divides. Not that he brings anxiety, but it can feel like anxiety when God is sorting through what's actually happening inside of us. And so I want you to to listen tonight because some of what I think God wants us to grasp before we enter the next module is that He wants us to realize there are things that have started inside of us in the new creation truth, in the new creation living. There are things that have started not just in this module, but I mean for us, when you were, quote-unquote, born again. Um, Let's take even that out of the box. I think sometimes, you know, I've got some jewelry that I inherited from my mom, some really nice jewelry, beautiful jewelry. It sits in boxes. Um kind of stupid, but some of it is just really, you know, like, I'm really casual, and some of it's really fancy jewelry, expensive stones, but it's not beautiful unless you take it out of the box, and honestly, I think sometimes we get the new birth, and we've got it in this gorgeous box, because I'm born again now, I'm going to heaven, thank you, Jesus, now let's get on with life, instead of realizing that This new birthing process, this new creation, is a present, continuous, ongoing thing. Yes, there is a date when I was born, right? A calendar date when I actually have recall. And and that might be a treasured moment. Uh, Or you might not remember, because maybe you were a teeny child. But the point is, from that point on, the potential to live a life born of God is vast. And I think in this day, God is really doing some things to open the eyes of the church to to what he's actually birthing in individuals, in churches, and on the planet. I think sometimes our focus can be, let's get people to Jesus so they won't go to hell. Do you know that you can experience hell long before you die physically? Honestly, without Jesus, life on this planet can be hell. Take a deep breath. This isn't going to be a downer night, okay? This is going to be a prep night for how will he take what what is happening in you from the teaching that's transpired in the past six weeks. This is important, okay? Um, And I I want to quote Pastor Gavin on something because a couple of weeks ago in his Sunday message, he said, what are you looking at? Your past or your future? What are you looking at, your past or your future? This module is new creation truth. This module is futuristic. This module is not about God trying to fix what happened before. It's about him sharing with you what you're walking into, what's being birthed moment to moment, breath to breath in life with him. It's not about, okay, when I die, I'm so relieved I can know that I'm going to heaven. It's about... God, how will heaven exist within me now? How will you adjust um, how I view things? How will you adjust whether I look backwards? Some of us have things in our past that could, could dog our steps, could torment us, could maybe even make us feel like we need to make amends. 
for what has transpired in the past. And yet God is like, if you'll just look into me and breathe from me and be birthed, let, let your thinking, let your ideas, let your ideologies, let um, everything be born based on what I say to you, what I tell you about myself and about you. See, this is what's beautiful is everything with God um, the word and getting us to a place where we are born freshly. Everything is about relationship. Not one bit of it is about behavioral adjustment. However, relationship with him will adjust our behaviors. But not forcefully like, Kathy, you're being naughty today and I don't want you to act like that. Not that at all. It's just that if I spend time with someone, I am going to be like them. I'm going to be like them. Don't we, those of us that are parents, you know, we try to help our kids understand if you run around with people who are doing all kinds of things, those temptations get closer and closer because you've built trust with your friends. And sometimes trust is in people that aren't living a trustworthy life. And yet we invest. I'm not, that's not the whole message tonight. The message is allowing the new birth, the, the recreative genius of God to bring what is actually resurrection power into every breath that goes into us. You see, I think sometimes we think about resurrection as um, somebody dies, drops over, and we resuscitate them. There's resurrection. And those resurrections happen. But the prep toward resurrection, you can either prepare for a funeral or a resurrection in your own life. You can prepare to end it and go be with Jesus, or you can prepare to live a more vivacious life day to day to day until you get to a point where this body can't hold you anymore, and you go home. And according to scripture, that's intended to be a long life. And, you know, people, people pull scriptures out and try to say it's, you know, 70 plus 20, or it's all these different things. I don't care the number of years. I just want to live them with Jesus, you know? So that aspect of what Pastor Gavin said, what are you looking at, your, your future or your past? Focus is important. Focus is important. If you don't get anything else tonight, focus is important. If we're either looking at God or looking at us trying to handle life, focus is important. If I look at Kathy, can Kathy handle life? Can Kathy handle ministry? Can Kathy handle a marriage? Can Kathy handle her children and now her grandchildren? Can Kathy handle what goes on in their lives? Can Kathy handle it or will Kathy be sad or, or mad? Or, you know, we can sometimes go to those places rather than, God, you already know every step I'll take, every breath I'll breathe, everything that will happen to me or my family or any of my friends or in my church or anywhere on my job. God knows every detail. And so some of the times of how he teaches us, how he guides us, how he imparts to us is prep for the future. It's prep for the future. How he wants to focus on don't Look at your past. He's preparing us to not be daunted by that, to not be overwhelmed and to think, well, I'm not worthy to walk in the kingdom, to manifest life to other people. You see, what we focus on, if we're looking at negative things all the time about ourselves, then how can we have confidence? This is some of what Paul taught about, you know, you, you get tossed to and fro. And it's not that God's not wanting to pour things to us, but we don't even allow ourselves to trust him to do it when we're a man of two minds. Remember, I mean, right here, don't be anxious. Don't have a divided mind. Well, the only way not to have a divided mind is some kind of supernatural something. Because I don't know about you all, but I can constantly be a woman of two minds. Anybody else? I mean, I can know what the Bible says and know what's happening in my life, and that's two minds. Often in situations, it's two different things. I mean, take a deep breath. That's life on planet Earth. There is a negative bent, but... That negative bent because of the movement of God in the children of God, even in this day. The changes he's making to get us out of being these people that just come and sit on blue chairs on Sunday. But to realize that he doesn't stop touching us when we walk out the back door. He's still touching, not to behaviorally adjust us, but to persuade us, I want to live in and through you. 
I want to live with you. I want you to live an abundant, supernatural life. What does that look like, God? See, we all have to ask him, what does that look like in me, God? You see, there is a difference between supernatural and spectacular. Sometimes we think there's nothing supernatural happening because we don't see some sort of blatant miracle in front of our eyes. But what we don't understand is with every breath in from him, he's building that miracle. Some miracles are like that slow motion when you see them plant flowers and then that, you know, photography, like they'll show you what it looks like when a plant is coming up and the bud comes and the this, and they, they like show you all of that. I shared this in, in pre-service prayer, but um, sometime in the past um, week, I don't even remember where, maybe, uh, maybe two weeks, I came across this YouTube video. I'm, I'm fascinated by human birth, and I love it. I loved, having, I loved being pregnant. I loved having babies. Um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it hurts. <laughs> I did natural, but I had tiny babies, and they were born fast. So, you know, no problem. Anybody that takes drugs, do it. But... I just am fascinated. So I came across this video, and it was a cesarean birth, and they, they videoed it from the standpoint. They didn't show all the blood and guts, but the beginning of it is where they've lifted the baby out of the womb, and the baby is still in, in the sack. So beautiful. And so here's this little baby. You can see the baby moving and stuff. You can see the cord. Like, the baby's still attached to mama. And the doctor gently is lifting this, and there's this, and he's just touching the baby, just touching the baby, sort of like nudging the baby, like, you know, welcome to the world. But the baby's still in the sack. And so he does that for like, I don't know, three, four, maybe five minutes. And then, I, I didn't see a tool, but somehow a little prick of the sack, and the water comes, and he just peels, just peels back the sack. And Gently and quietly and beautifully, this baby is born into the natural world. You know, sometimes you think it's like just slice, smack the baby's butt and the baby cries. But this was this gentle thing, and it captivated my thinking and my heart. And I was thinking about this course, this new creation course, this birthing, just the ways that in each one of us is so different and so unique how God births things. And sometimes we think, well, it's a rough birth or a painful birth. But if we could just get a picture of he wants us to embrace every aspect of it as supernatural and divine coming from him. I'm birthing things in you, Kathy. This might be uncomfortable because, I mean, you know, when you do labor, I mean, labor is labor. That's why they call it labor. You know? I mean, there's things that even go on that aren't comfortable in a cesarean delivery. All of my point is... The things you've learned, God is doing something bigger than the doctrinal truths you've heard for the past six weeks. Sliced in every cell of those doctrinal truths that have been taught by the young pastors is a birthing process for you personally. Is a way that God is birthing you into your truest identity to be comfortable and sound and to embrace yourself. And I'm going to say something great, warts and all. Because technically in God, we don't have warts. He doesn't see warts. He doesn't see flaws. He doesn't keep account of the negativity. You see, God is wise, and he knows I don't set my mind on negativity. I set my mind on on my children. Because why? He knows that he's the answer to all the negativity. He knows that loving us and touching us and caressing us and holding us the way we each learn to receive from him, he knows that his love can scare the boogeyman away. So be anxious for no thing, for nothing. Um, I just feel to say, you know, don't be anxious if you've learned, if you think you've learned nothing this six, six weeks. Don't, don't be anxious. Don't let, don't divide your mind. Because God never speaks his truth without sowing seed. Just him, just the teaching of the word causes seed to come into us. I mean, if you showed up here, I mean, you can resist all you want. But your spirit is built to hear from God. Your spirit is built like a womb to receive the seed. So, can I be graphic? 
If you don't want a baby, don't have sex. If you don't want the seed of the word to get in you, don't come to church. Especially not so. Because the seed of the word's flying in the air in here. It's like, you know, seriously, seed in numerous places in the New Testament is called spermos. The Greek word is spermos. So the word is the spermos of God. It's the thing that actually reproduces of his kind. That's so crazy. That kind of stuff trips me out. Like, I can't say, oh, I understand this. No, this is supernatural. I don't understand natural reproduction. How? Like, I don't get it. Some microscopic stuff finds each other. And another human is born. No, seriously, like, and cameras and phones, all this stuff, I'm like, I don't know how any of that works, but I use it all. Um, so focus is important, and what we put our focus or attention on is definitely going to prepare us for something, which is why Pastor Gavin said, don't look at your past, look at your future. Because everything, our focus going to something, there's a preparation. See, we don't think that way. We think, oh, I'm, I'm just thinking for a few minutes. Oh, yeah, I'm not thinking good, so let me get out of that thinking. That thinking, say no condemnation. Say no paranoia. But if I hang out in a place, it gets in my brain. It gets in my thought processes. Then i got to mess around and try and, you know, find some weed killer. How about I just recognize there's a seed for a weed and don't take it? So it prepares us for something. It will cause either positive or negative expectation. This is why the Word of God says in Romans 10, 17, faith, absolute, ridiculous confidence, comes by God speaking to you. That's how it comes. Sometimes you can think, like, when I first got baptized in the Spirit and I was here at Living Faith, and I, was, I would literally sit in where I used to, like, fantasize and have all these things. And, I'm, and not, I'm not just saying perverse fantasies, but, you know, like, fantasize about what I'm going to do with my life or, you know, what, whatever. But then when I got into this Spirit-filled truth and I began to see, like, like I was seeing myself do Spirit stuff. I was seeing myself, and, you know, like I've told you all, I guess scared spitless in front of people. Like, I, didn't, I don't like to talk in public and, and all that stuff. And so I, but I started seeing my stuff. Like, I started dreaming about stuff and dreaming about people getting born again and, and helping people to find Jesus and stuff like that and all these fantasies. And I was like, I'm having fantasies. And so I started talking to God about it, and he took me to Habakkuk and, and showed me where, you know, write the vision and make it plain. And he said, what do you think I do with vision? I write it on your heart. What do you think that kind of stuff written on the inside of you is? It's fantasies, Kathy. See, we always think fantasy is something that can't come true. Fantasizing is the use of my imagination. People who invent stuff, they fantasize, they think about it ahead of time. They picture it in their head, right? They dream about making something, painting something, doing artwork, building a house, decorating a house, cooking a new food. They're fantasizing. So there's an expectation that starts. Things that you have thought in here. Maybe God has touched you with something from this past module on new creation, and maybe you never talked to anybody about it because maybe you had the idea about yourself, like, I should have known this 20 years ago. And maybe you didn't. So what? The point is you know it now. So hold on to that and move into this next module with some of these truths sort of stirring around inside you. These seeds reproducing this flowering, this coming to life of supernatural life in God. Are you all with me? Because I know I'm talking in circles a little bit, but that's what the Word of God does. We always think, oh, it just goes in a straight line. No, it comes, and there's a vivacious, almost like, you know, when they show how the atom moves and all the energy inside of an atom. That's like, I mean, quantum physics basically is about the energy that is from God. That's what quantum physics is. You know what I learned recently? I'm just going to pop this in here. I learned uh, about quantum entanglement. I was like, I heard this person, um, I think it might have been a little blip that was posted on Instagram, and this guy was talking about the power of our voices because of how God created us in his image. And so when we emanate when something comes out of us that it can touch and I forget the the length of distance but we're talking like the stars out there like 
the, the sound of our voice affects things at vast dis- distances. Think about the lie that we were all told as children. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never hurt you. Never was a greater lie told. It's not true. Words can either help you or harm you. So anyways, all of this that's going on inside of you, God has started something. I promise you, in new creation truth, as a course, God has started something. You can fantasize how vast and wild and miraculous it is. And I would encourage you, there is no limit. I don't even want to say the sky is the limit. There's no limit. There's no limit. God doesn't limit his creative power, which is why when I started and said, don't put the new birth, the new creation truth in a box And now that module's over. Let's start a new topic. Because that topic actually brings us into the place where everything else can be taught to us. Religion will tell you, this is God. This is God. You know that I love the church. Sometimes church itself annoys me. No, seriously. I love this. I love you guys. I love the church. We are the church. But sometimes going to church, the institutional aspects of church, can literally begin to say, well, this is God, but that's not God. If you tell some of the intimacy you have with God, if you tell it to some people and they're not prepared to know you or to grasp that your heart is towards God, they might tell you that's not God. And yet you know that it literally delivered you from something when he said that to you. Can anybody relate to me? I mean, your relationship with God is your relationship with God. If my three kids, and they, I'm sure they do talk about me behind my back, but if, you know, they, they know me in different ways. You know, if I say something to one of them, it might bless their heart to no end. Say the same thing to one of the other ones, and they're like, what? What are you even talking about? So religion says this is God or that is not God, but only your heart, only your heart enlightens you regarding God and his nature and his ways. And it's your heart, your deepest part, that has been impacted by the new birth. You see, even if you know the doctrine, you don't understand really what happened inside you when you said yes to Jesus. I mean, just stop for a minute. Even the worship. Thank you so much, Asia, your heart toward God and um, the songs tonight about Jesus because there is no way to really grasp what the man Jesus went through so that we wouldn't have to. And then he didn't even try to understand I don't believe he tried to understand. I believe he just was obedient and he lived in the love of God. And he lived trusting the Father to use his life to do what the Father wanted to do with his life. And then that literally opened all of humanity up to an utter supernatural change in our spiritual genetic makeup. Sometimes I like to just sit and um, ponder that, like, Lord, go ahead and wreck me. I don't want to be casual or familiar. I think you prayed that in, in worship prayer. Asia was praying about, let it, we don't want to be familiar with who you are and what you are, God, and what you're doing. And I think even the new birth, we can learn, new birth, any topic in the body of Christ, right? We can learn the doctrine, and, and, and literally, we got it living inside of us, but then reduce it to a doctrine. God never intended the new creation truth to be reduced in any way, shape, or form. Now, please know that I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying this to us. To us. I feel like there's an aspect of the new creation that set us up to be very fertile for what will transpire as we go into this next module, which will be on righteousness. Because even righteousness... 
you can you can write definitions out, you can get scriptures on it, you can look at the Greek words and the definitions and meanings of the Greek words, but none of it was for our intelligence. None of it was so that we have a working knowledge, a working knowledge. The Jews had a working knowledge. They were living by the scrolls. The Savior came, the Messiah. They didn't even recognize him. Do you know that your knowledge can blind you to what the Spirit of God through Jesus really wants to do in our lives? That's scary to me sometimes to think like, God, I can, you know, because I'm, I'm getting ready to turn 68. I've been in church my whole life. I mean, I spent a few years out in the world, like, but I mean, I've known of the church, of Jesus. I have very long Christian heritage in my family. And it's very scary to me that that could be so commonplace to me. And, it, and it, one of the thoughts that hits me is I have never, like, because I have a family that's always believed in Jesus Christ, I've never been really in the dark. But there are people on this planet that have never heard the name of Jesus. And I don't ever want to be so common that I don't have compassion toward people. I mean, I've never been in the dark. I've had some dark times in life. You get what I'm saying? But I've never, even when I was living in the world and would go through difficult times, I knew that Jesus loved me. I knew that God loved me. I knew that he had paid a price for me that went beyond the sin that I was committing in those moments. I knew that he wouldn't turn away from me. But there are people that don't know that. I, I don't know about you. That wrecks me. That, like, it's so easy to be common with this gift. It's so easy. That, that wasn't even where I was supposed to head tonight, but, but I think that's really important. So I'm going to just kind of put, throw some pointers out here regarding the new birth, regarding the new creation. It's not a final destination, a ticket to heaven, though heaven is a part of it. But the truth of the new creation is not at all about the ending. The new creation is about man tending and keeping so that the restoration God intended for the entire planet and all of the inhabitants of this planet could transpire. And each one of us plays a part in that. The new birth is not eternal life as a gift from him, but rather is the gift of eternal life in him. See, it, there can be subtle um, dividing, separations, if it's just a gift from him. Because then he gives, us to, gives the gift to us, and then we can feel so separated. When in actual fact, the gift brings us to the position of being literally in him, never to be separate again. The Bible says that we are sealed up with Christ in God. Sealed up. Pastor Barry did the funniest um, illustration one Sunday. He got one of those, you know those vacuum pack machines that use plastic and um, and you can seal your meat up and stuff like that and it, it like sucks the air out of it. So he he brought this, he did it up on the platform on a, literally on a Sunday morning. So he brings this baby doll in because he wants to paint the picture of how we are sealed up with Christ in God. So he brings this soft baby doll and he puts it in the bag and he's, he's preaching and he's sharing scriptures and he hits the button and it's sucking the air out. But it became the most perverse, gross looking thing because it started like sucking the baby all in and it deformed it and it like squished it up inside this bag. And he was like, oh, you know, okay. <laughs> This is not what happens to you in God. He doesn't like smush you up and control you into this deformed Christian. Um, but it was so, but for me, it was funny because I thought that's a good illustration. But I also like that for me personally, it illustrated God doesn't control you like that. He doesn't suck the life out of you and put you in this tight little Christian clothing where nobody even recognizes that you're human. <laughs> I couldn't resist that. I wasn't thinking about that when I was writing this stuff. So that it's not a gift from him. It's a, the gift of being in him. Being in eternal life. You realize eternal life doesn't start when you die. Eternal life started the moment you said, yes, Jesus. And so now you will never, ever die. 
And we don't even have to die in the moments where death is coming at us. We can transition. Because the real you doesn't take its last breath. <laughs> that could, should bring joy, like joy in here right now. Like you'll, you'll never, the real you will never take a final breath. I like that. Because have you ever thought, like, remember I said focus? If we, if we think about, like, ooh, when I die, I hope I don't die, die violently, or I hope I don't die ill, I, you know, and we start to ponder these things rather than, let me live in the moments with God. I've said to God, I want to age gracefully. And I'm not talking about, like, look cute and not look all old or whatever. I, I like, as my body, you know, because bodies can wear out. We're, we're, you know, we're, there's no guarantee that you don't get certain feelings. You don't have to be sick, but there are things like, you know, your car is not sick because the tires wear out right? So I've said, I want to, I want to age gracefully, God. I want to talk to you about the stuff that can come in joints and all of that. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. But it does, I mean, you know, talks about the gift. Salvation is actually a daily walk with continual choices to access the fresh new existence in a real way rather than push it away and separate from the indwelling life of God. See, this is why I say don't let go of new creation stuff as we come into righteousness. Because all I believe all of us, even those of us that have some pretty sound understanding in the doctrine of righteousness, we're going to get blown away by some of the teaching that's about to come out regarding righteousness. Um, because I think it's another one of those things that we sort of just put it in, almost like, you know, like when I was a Girl Scout and you have all your little badges. And like, yeah, I got a righteousness badge. I got a Shamatata. I talk in tongues badge. Um, I'm a tither. got a tither badge. Um, you know, all our little badges, all our doctrines. I've got the doctrine of healing. I know that. Um, I got the doctrine of righteousness. Holy Spirit, oh, I've got the doctrine. So I got all my little badges on my thing. And God doesn't want us to just have all these little badges where we say, yeah, I've studied that. Yep, yep. I've studied that because sometimes we can literally come to church and if you're anything like me, when you sit in any environment, it doesn't just have to be church. I can be sitting in the office in a staff meeting and my mind is like thinking, th I'm a thinker. I'm like a thinker. Sometimes I love being a thinker because I love to think deeply with God, but sometimes I'm like, shut up, mind. And it's not really my mind, it's my brain, but um, it might be my mind. I don't really know and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be really like, what? I couldn't resist. I get it. But even that, I'm not putting that in a box and say, oh, I understand, no. I'm just saying, okay, Lord, just show me all these things. Show me how to get out of a box of churchified Christianity. So it's, it's salvation is actually this whole daily walk. This I can have, like right this minute, I can have thoughts born of God. Like, I can look at that clock, 8.15. Oh, i got 15 more minutes. Instead of, oh, I've only got 15 more minutes. I'm not worried. I've got this fresh breath in me, and I'll finish at 8.30 like I'm supposed to. And I'll say what I'm supposed to say. Y'all with me? So now I'm going to say a scripture. Okay? John 10.10. Because 10. there's some scriptures that I feel like he wants us to put together. Okay? So John 10.10. 10, and this is the Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation. I love them all, actually. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, this is so brutal, slaughter, and destroy. That's a thief. He's only got one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I, and remember, this is Jesus talking. Jesus says, but I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. See, what if we're breathing in from God every moment, each day, even when we feel crazy? I mean, like I say to Jesus, it's not like he doesn't know because he's omniscient. But I'll say to him, I'm thinking so crazy right now, Jesus, and it's out, it's out of control. My crazy is out of control right now, Jesus, and my thoughts are running wild, and I'm sorry because I know it's not right. But I'm, I'm, it helps me to come to him and just be honest, like you would with a good friend. You know, like if I go you know, to my friends and I say, girl, you got to help me pray for me because I'm in a crazy place. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm human. 
And I think God wants us to embrace our humanity because if we embrace our own humanity, it helps us to realize that really I can't do anything apart from him. Y'all with me? So life in its fullness until you overflow. Who wants to overflow? I want to overflow. I don't want to overflow with church stuff. Well, not, I mean, some church stuff is good. Some of it's not. And you do realize it's okay to say that. I mean, Jesus said that when he was on the planet. I mean, he looked at the church people of the day and said, you're basically whitewashed sepulchers full of dead bones. Like you're, a, you know, a sepulcher is where they put dead people. And I, I don't think he said it like viciously or ugly, just matter of factly, like, you know, you want to have conversations with me, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. Basically, you're a tomb. So I don't think it's, you know, icky to say, um, don't take all the church stuff to the bank. John 1.16. I love this. One year with the diploma students in the tuition-based training center, this was Pastor Barry's favorite thing, and um, he talked it every which way but loose for an entire nine-week module with the fourth years. And it was the only question he asked on the test, I think, wasn't it? Oh, was you and Marianne? Oh, okay. So they were asked to, um, to write out what John 1.16 was. Um, Pastor Barry had like crazy revelation on this scripture. But anyways, so the New King James Version says of John 1.16, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, I want to share with you the Greek word for fullness there is pleroma. That's a Greek word. And this is what it means. Full number, full measure, that which has been completed. The word describes a ship with a full cargo and crew and a town with no empty houses. That's crazy. Pleroma strongly emphasizes fullness and completion. So the new creation is a completion in us. But if we will view that completion as... We're safely sealed now in a position of learning and breathing new every moment of every day. Like crazy can come to you, and that fast. You can say, Jesus, I don't want to entertain this. And if we are people where we allow scriptures to come, he can pull things up. He can pull to your remembrance. Holy Spirit can pull to your remembrance scriptures you didn't know were living in there. That kind of thing blows me away. Okay, now I want to read that same verse from the Passion. John 1, 16 and 17 in the Passion. And now out of his fullness, we are fulfilled. Out of his fullness. Not our fullness of doing the studies we're supposed to do and taking notes and so and memorizing verses and quoting them and practicing them. But... Out of his fullness we are fulfilled. And from him we receive grace heaped upon more grace. See, part of that grace heaped upon more grace for me is when I have crazy like split mind anxiety thinking or something, he doesn't like strike me down. He doesn't chastise me and make me feel stupid. He's taking care of me with grace, and then pours more grace on top to help me get out of that thought process. So first, the grace is, he gives me mercy by not judging me for the thought I had. Then he pours more grace on top to help walk me out of it. Whether it takes two minutes to walk out of it, two days to walk, two months, two years, he will walk me out of thought processes that are sick. Why? His fullness. He lives inside me. His fullness is inside me. The capacity to go free from my crazy is already inside me. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus, the anointed one, unveils truth wrapped in tender mercy. Oh, my goodness. There are things 
wrapped up in tender mercy inside of you that you may not even realize are dwelling there from the last six weeks. And you don't have to remember them. The Holy Spirit will bring them to your remembrance or talk to you about them, and you may not know what he's talking about. I've had him talk to me about things, and then when he begins, he he started because I would say, how does that live in me, Lord? Like, I never knew that insight. And he has before shown me, like, all the way back to when you were, well, recently when I did the workshop on Sunday, he showed me where he started teaching me about the secret place. And it was when I was four and five years old, I have memories all the way back to four and five years old, when my Mimi, my grandmother that I was super close with, when I would see her first thing in the morning with her Bible in her lap. And to me, she didn't say, I'm doing devotions, this is my quiet time. She didn't say any of those things. She was a Baptist lady. She was not spirit-filled as we know spirit-filled doctrinally, but she was pretty full of the spirit. She just didn't shamatata. But he said, that's when I started teaching you. You learned some of that from your grandmother, who up until her death, even when she couldn't see the scripture, she would hold her Bible in her lap and touch it, just sit with her eyes closed and her hands on her Bible. So I, I was experiencing her in her secret place with Jesus. I didn't know it here. I had no idea he was beginning to prepare me for that, for what it was to be with Jesus alone. So what has he got growing in you guys? Like things that I'm saying, I'm sure that all of you in this room know these things, but where else is he going to take you with those truths? What else is he going to develop in you that will come out of you and be living water for somebody else? And maybe they won't even know that you're giving them water. Maybe they'll be like I was with my Mimi where they'll just see things in you, sense something different in you, feel peace in you or confidence or ease in you, and it will soothe them, and they won't really know why. Do they have to know why? No. No. See, we've got our little thing where we think we got to seal the deal. It's almost like we're, you know, we're... Marketing, marketing, we're marketing Jesus. And, you know, because I learned this in my grow-up denomination, like seal the deal because you don't know that they might die tonight. And if they die tonight and you haven't told them about Jesus, make sure that you tell them all the truths. And sometimes you're sitting there giving people Romans Road because that's how I was taught evangelism. And they're looking at you like, what are you even talking about? But I was talking to them about the new birth in a box. I was selling fire insurance. I'm not dissing it. I'm so grateful I grew up in that denomination because I saw commitment. I was taught that this book is God's inerrant word from cover to cover. I wasn't taught all of it. No diss. But when I came and and was taught it, I I didn't turn away from any of it because... It was in this book that I had been groomed to know was the truth. God's intention toward us is love, not correction of our behaviors. His love will, however, transform our behaviors because grace altered everything. Grace altered everything. The grace of God to choose to never let go of his offspring, to never let go. You see, before the foundation of the world, the scriptures tell us that Jesus Christ crucified from before the foundation of the world. So before God even said, let there be light, he saw everything that any human would ever think of doing. And he made up a plan that would wipe it all away. He made his covenant plan so that no matter what, nobody would be left out. That's a new creation. Then he says, I will spend your entire life on the earth unfolding this beautiful creative process. So tonight, the new creation truth doesn't stop it goes to the next level. And we'll begin to study righteousness. What is it to be absolutely 
utterly clean, as if you never did anything wrong in the past or the future. And I believe that God will come and teach in such a way that we won't just know it in our brains as a doctrine, but he will come personally to each one of us, and he will open our insights. So let your prayer be, as you're, as you're coming to sow, as you're submitting yourself to the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit in this school of word and worship, let yourself really be released to know You know exactly what you're doing with me, God. Sometimes I feel crazy. Sometimes I feel sad, whatever. Sometimes I feel confused. Sometimes I feel like I've prayed the way you directed me to pray, but it didn't turn out the way I thought you directed me to pray. Anybody ever feel like that? We pray according to the scriptures we've learned. Try to avoid all forms of negativity that take your focus off the beauty of the one who saved us utterly. Because that salvation is way bigger than just a final destination. It's the destination of our existence every moment of every day. Father, we just honor you. We thank you for the truth. We thank you for new creation, truth, and reality, and manifestation. We thank you, Father, for the capacity of your Holy Spirit to teach us. Father, I thank you that as each man and woman in this room goes home tonight, that there'll be peace that literally guards them to the uttermost, that there'll be sweet dreams, sweet sleep, that no matter what turmoil may be going in, in their, on in their family, their personal life, their work, whatever, that they are so assured by you, Jesus, that they are not alone and never will be. Only you can convince us of that, Jesus. Our doctrine cannot convince us that we're never alone and never forsaken, but you can. So I just pray that over each man and woman. I thank you for knitting our hearts to you, Jesus. Thank you for knitting our hearts to one another. I thank you for the camaraderie we have in this room every Wednesday, the presence, the peace that we have together. Thank you that there's a purpose in all of us being bound together by your Spirit. We don't even have to understand what your intention is. We just say yes. Thank you, Father, for truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Have a great week.